Welcome to Chromodiversity, a podcast for clinicians, therapists, and families about common genetic diversity in children and adults. I'm Elliot Pollack, founder of the Chromodiversity Foundation, and I'll be your host. In our previous episode, Peter Street from Australia provided a rare glimpse of the compounding mental and physical issues that can result from lack of diagnosis over a long period of time, which he strikingly compared to getting into a boxing ring with as your opponent, the Invisible Man and never being able to see where the punches are coming from. In the second of two episodes, you'll hear his hard-earned takeaways for people with genetic differences like himself, as well as recommendations for doctors, educators, and parents. You'll also find out why, after much hesitation, Peter agreed to speak out in what may be the first ever public testimony of someone diagnosed with an extra X or Y chromosome so late in life. 95% of my life, when you do the numbers, has been spent not knowing of my 47 double XY. If you could go back in time to the moment of your birth and a genetic test had existed then, would you want to have been diagnosed? I'm not sure about a test for myself, Elliot. For others, it's a positive, as there is more abundant knowledge and resources to help KS families. To know what they're facing and to learn how to live with it is a big positive. As for myself, I'm in two mindsets. It would have been hard with the lack of knowledge that was available around 1955. Mum and Dad taught me not to be a wallflower, but to be forward and positive and stand my ground without offence to others. Yet, I wonder how much further ahead I could have been. Had I been detected with KS with the infertility at age 27, I would have had a name for something that I was battling with and it would have been better for me. I'm sure it would have been made a massive difference to me with depression. After being told of my infertility is when my depression set in. I felt shame, I felt failure that I was letting my wife down. My confidence was gone. Feeling different to your friends who had children and we didn't. I felt everything that you could muster up that made me feel worthless. Fortunately, medical intervention did allow us to have a family. We now have a son, a daughter-in-law and two beautiful granddaughters. Fighting something unknown from within, not feeling right about myself from within is not an easy issue. At age 63, I had to come to grips with these emotions again that I thought that I had left far behind me. All I know is I'm grateful for my parents for their love, values, support, guidance and patience. It could have been way over hard for them at their age knowing about KS as well. I think correct diagnosis in my mid-twenties would have been better for me uh, and especially for my wife. This unknown demon has not made things easy for her either. Another thing to bring into question here is, was the help required for myself and others available in my infant years? Was there enough knowledge on how to train a person and educate parents to live with KS around back then? It's such a hypothetical question, who knows? I just have to be grateful for what came my way, knowing we all got through it. Peter, what advice would you give to someone who just found out they have a genetic difference like yours. You're gonna have good days and bad days, but that's okay, everybody does. 
The do's in my advice is that I will quote the famous Forrest Gump movie line, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Without trying to patronise them, tell them it's not going to be easy, that there is still joy, that it's okay to feel different because that is your body's chemical makeup. It's okay to make mistakes because you learn from them. Just don't be hard on yourself and hold any joy that you can for a minute longer within. You're different and unique. You're you. Family and friends love you, even though you may feel different. Through your doctor, try and find a chromosome variant support network and then find a personal support network by a family or very close friends you can trust. It does make a difference. The big don'ts, don't put yourself down. Don't compare yourself to others. The big don't is not to research KS on Google. It will only get you down and can be overwhelming. It points out all the wrong things nature has cursed you with. Never compete with others. You only need to compete with yourself and to improve yourself. What advice would you give to parents? That all is not lost. You have the love of the child and a child that needs your love. Don't blame yourself. Don't ask yourself, why us? There is no answer and you will drive yourself into a negative spiral seeking that answer. Seek family support. Again, find a KS support network. A good way to relieve stress is by having a coffee with a new friend with the same circumstances. If you live in a small town regionally, finding a support group may be hard, but get with your best trusted friend instead. Find an internet support group as well. Just bear in mind, if you do write with your child, they will be all right. And like any child, they need your love and support. Try not to overprotect them. Encourage them to experience life with its joys and sorrows and be able to stand on their own. Let them make mistakes. Unless they're prepared to make mistakes, they won't learn. Get them the best education you can. Try to encourage the decision-making and independence as one day you're not going to be there. What advice would you give to doctors? The doctors listen, listen, and then listen again. Picking up on a few key words can change a child's and parent's life. Don't stop exploring just because the physical appearance and attitude of the undiagnosed male doesn't fit the bill for your eyes. A tall stature with a thin or obese body structure is not only an inaccurate way, but a rudely inadequate way. Get the karyotype analyst done regardless of what your eyes observe. There can be a lot of heartache with emotional cost if not found as soon as possible. KS cannot be seen at birth and a lot of planning is needed. And teachers? They are good at what they do. They're very caring people. The only thing I can say, there is always room for improvement through research and training. In among my close, well-educated friends previously mentioned, there is a married couple. Both have a master's degree in children's special needs education. With over 50 years combined experience between the pair, neither of them have heard of genetic differences or KS syndrome. Sometimes teachers may need to listen a little bit deeper to the parents and vice versa. Research. From my general understanding, the variable effects on individuals is quite variable, not only in physical looks and appearances, but in mental health also. 
The only thing I can say is that we have come a long way since KS was discovered back in the 1940s. Where we are today has come about by research and more research. Last time I read about KS is that learning to live with KS can be tailored made for the individual depending upon the depths of the variance. This is a vast improvement, I'm sure, from when I was born. So keep researching, don't stop. However small an item is that comes your way, question it regardless. Some of the best world discoveries like penicillin came about by accident in research. Mm -hmm. There is a lady named Anita, a nurse who you interviewed a short while back. And I've seen photos and movie clips of her kids skateboard riding. They're in a skate park on these big steep slopes. That is something that I could never do. I could handle a gentle slope on flat surfaces, not a problem while skateboarding. But these kids are amazing. And I'm sure that it's Anita's persistency and medical research by others that those boys would not be where they are today. Researchers need to be interviewing more parents like this lady for information. She is a professional nurse looking for information they don't see because they're not living and observing it. The other item is better training for family GPs at the ground level for recognising the signs far sooner. There are so many variable indicators. Not once looking back did any specialist ask, why is this man infertile? I will try and explore more. This did not happen till I was 63. So better training for indicators at the coalface should be explored. If you could go back in time and say something to yourself as a child with the benefit of your experience today, what would you say to that child? That it's okay to be frustrated, but don't be hard on yourself. Don't judge yourself by other standards and achievements. Just compete with yourself to keep doing your best. Most important, you may develop a sixth sense of others' negative emotions towards you. That's okay. They don't know or understand your unique body's chemical makeup. Besides, what other people's opinion of you is none of your business. They're the ones missing out, not you. Work with your specialist. Medical intervention will allow you to have a family when the time is right. Don't be scared to seek help and go with it. Family love to and from children will be important for your well-being. I am not sure anybody who learned so late in life of their difference has ever been interviewed or has ever agreed to speak on the topic. Anita dragged me kicking and screaming and I said, okay, I'll do it for you boys because it's only a very small handful of people know that I've got it. I was really frightened about going so public with it, Elliot, I must be honest with you, but I'm pleased to be here. I have no regrets. It was because of her boys. If I have something there that in the words that I've chosen or what I've done or whatever, if there's a specialist out there hearing it and listening to it and thought, oh, I haven't known of that before or I haven't known of this before, now I can possibly take that down and research that down this track. Yeah, the main motivation was to try and get information out there to help her three boys. That, that was my first motivation. And then I realised that not only will it be her three boys, but it will be every young male that comes along that's got it. So I have a few final questions that I've asked many of my guests. Sure. 
What is your favorite word? Pragmatic or pragmatism. Just keep things sensible and simple and straight to the point. What's your least favorite word? Yeah, my least favorite word is not a word, but an acronym used as a word. It's the F-bomb word. It was developed in the middle 1800s in England and was responsible for the age of consent laws being created. Sexually transmitted diseases were ripe in brothels across major centres and cities in England and were spreading fast. Men were preying upon and paying more money for younger and younger child girls to avoid sexually transmitted diseases. So, age of consent laws came into being in the middle 1800s. If a man was caught with a female child under 16, he was placed in jail. His charge was written on a chalkboard outside his cell awaiting court. The charge read, Fornification under carnal knowledge, and is short spoken as such. It's degrading to our sisters, to our wives, our female friends, our mothers, ladies in general. I'm guilty of using it when I'm angry, and I try to make sure that I'm in male company only should I use it. Apologies to my wife, as I sometimes do slip up. I'm not sure many people know that. What turns you on from a creative point of view, spiritual or emotional point of view? Creativity is cooking. I love to cook. Uh, I will have a go at any sort of nationality of cooking, baking my own bread. I just love cooking. I find it most relaxing. And uh, my wife doesn't seem to complain about it, so I must be doing a good job. Uh, fishing is another area that I love to do. Spiritually, I am not a great church person, but I love the story from the Bible of the Good Samaritan. I try to use that as my guideline for life. I also have faith that there is a higher power. I just don't have faith in man-made churches and the egos within. Emotionally, it's my family. No explanation needed, plus my close friends that I've mentioned. What turns you off? What do you dislike? Cigarette smoke and ignorant, rude people. They don't necessarily go hand in hand, either. <laughs> What's your favourite curse word? Bastard or shit. Sorry, Elliot, but you did ask. I did. <laughs> what sound do you love? Fond memories here. Years ago, our first home backed onto a small native reserve with a pond. On hot summer nights, we could open a balcony door and we would go to sleep listening to the crickets, frogs and animopo cows that were out the back in the trees. Plus, quality music. What sound or noise, if any, do you hate? It's not for the obvious reasons. It's the vacuum cleaner. With my poor hearing, it aggravates my ears something terrible. The same with my any loud engineering noise. Earmuffs are worn when I do woodwork or, um, with machinery. What profession would you have liked to attempt or like to attempt? I will have to say carpentry and cabinet making for this question. And what profession would you certainly not like to do? Floor laying of any description. The dust from old moulded carpet and cutting hard floor surfaces to shape and size cannot be good for oneself with dust everywhere. The pressure on knees and back joints has only got to lead to an early finishing in those careers. That's one game I would, ne one career I would never go into. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Sorry, but I would like to have the first words with God. Thank you for my parents. 
Thank you for an angel of a wife and thank you for our son and daughter-in-law with two loving granddaughters. But why all the invisible potholes on my road? I'm hoping the answer is an old saying that no tree becomes rooted and sturdy unless many a wind assails it. For by its very tossing, it tightens its grips and plants its roots more securely. The fragile trees are those that grow in the sunny valley. And that's an old saying by Seneca the Younger. Thank you for listening to this second of two episodes with Peter Street, diagnosed three years ago at the age of 63 with an extra X chromosome. His story matters because the majority of people with common chromosomal differences are never diagnosed in life, and his experience provides a unique glimpse of what it can be like to grow up and live without knowing. The reason he agreed to speak publicly after much hesitation is in the hope that what he says may be of use to others. For people with chromodiversity, he emphasizes that it's okay to feel different and important to find the right support networks. For parents, he recommends to let their children make mistakes, get them the best education possible, encourage their independence, and be wary of the abundance of negative information on the internet. For doctors, his advice is to listen, listen, and listen again. He believes family practitioners need better training about genetic differences, as do teachers. For researchers, he suggests to interview more parents and take lived experience into account in their work. This episode concludes Season 2 about growing up with chromodiversity, in which we've featured a unique blend of groundbreaking early age research and lived experience. I hope you've learned as much from it as I have. Genetics is advancing at a blistering pace, and as prenatal screening explodes, it's urgent to focus on new science and new ways to support people with chromodiversity at scale. That's why the theme of Season 3 is New Science and New Support. Tune in next week to hear the summary of the 2022 Third International Workshop on XXY, XYY, and Trisomy X, featuring takeaways by some of the world's leading researchers in the field. And have a wonderful day.